Hi, I'm Helen and this is Why Mums Don't Jump, busting taboos about leaks and lumps after childbirth. All the stuff that happens to your pelvic floor that no one ever talks about. Incontinence, prolapse, pelvic pain, problems that affect millions of women. One in three. I'm one of them. I have a prolapse. My pelvic organs fell out of place after the birth of my second child five years ago. And if you'd told me then I'd be speaking about this stuff out loud, I would have told you to give your head a wobble. Welcome to episode six. I'm recording this in the park after a run on a beautiful Sunday morning. It's like eight o'clock, there's hardly anyone here. The sun's shining through the trees. It couldn't be nicer. Don't roll your eyes, I'm not always up at this time on a Sunday. Um, But yeah, I'm here because it just felt right for this episode. I know that getting back to fitness when your bits are in bits, this is a scary thing to navigate. I've had my prolapse for about five years and for most of that time, I avoided all the things I thought I was supposed to avoid. Lifting anything too heavy, squats, sit-ups, jumping, dancing, and of course running. But I missed moving so much. Before kids, I used to love playing netball. I would run, I would go to the gym, I would enjoy yoga, but now I was terrified of all those things. And then when I started my Instagram account and started speaking to other women with pelvic floor dysfunction, I realised that maybe I could do more. So I started slowly following a postnatal recovery fitness programme. The one I did was Holistic Core Restore. There are others. I used the Squeezy app to remind me how to do pelvic floor exercises. Don't worry, I'm going to put all this in the show notes. And then I built up to Pilates. I saw Katie, my physio, and eventually I put my running shoes on and I did couch to 5k. Fast forward six months and I am running 5k two, three times a week and I love it. And I'm not saying it's a good idea for everyone. I'm not always certain it's the best idea for me. There's definitely an element of risk, but it makes such a difference to how I feel and I am sure that pelvic floor dysfunction should not mean that fitness in one form or another is finished which is why I really wanted to make this episode and to speak to Emma Brockwell a specialist women's health physio who has recently co-written the first set of guidelines on returning to running after childbirth she's also co-founder of the pelvic health campaign Pelvic Roar and I went to visit her in Surrey a few months ago when it was cold and rainy and she was lovely and she even picked me up from the train station. So I've followed you on Instagram for quite a while and to be honest I'm gonna go a bit fangirl but like for me it was just because when I when I found out that I had my prolapse I just read all the don't run don't jump don't lift kind of stuff and uh, felt like I would never move again and that was really crushing actually and then I came across accounts like yours and I was like oh she's a proper physio and a runner and she has a prolapse and all those things exist together so that gives me hope maybe I can do something like that so um let's start with as a physio and a runner you had your children and then you had a prolapse like how what was that experience like for you how how was that 
there's a two sides to it there's a side where I have a better understanding of what um was before me um and my prolapse was really small so I I had a good understanding of how it could be managed and rehabilitated but there's the flip side of thinking but I'm a women's health physiotherapist I shouldn't be getting prolapses or incontinence or diastasis which I also have um so there's a there's a side where you felt feel you've let yourself down um and then there's the professional voice saying but these things just happen you know it, it's a lottery and to a point um and there's certainly uh, some genetics involved in that um and I'm lucky in that I know how to to manage and be able to do the sport and exercise that I still love. But at the time, certainly when I found out, there was what appeared to be a real lack of information out there, even even as a clinician, and there was no real guidance. Um, it was about seven, seven and a half years ago now. We have a lot more information now, um, or we've become more open about the information. So a contrast of feelings, really. Um, but I'd, I would rather not have a small prolapse, to be honest. But it, but it is what it is. It doesn't stop me doing anything. So, so it means I can empower others. Exactly. And so immediately you were just kind of like, right, I'm going to find my own way through this. This is not. This is not game over. This is just oh, no. No. Oh no, <laughs> she says. Oh, no. Oh, no. I love running so much that I figured there has to probably be a way of of getting back to it in a safe and preventative um, way. We've had a very conservative approach to how we manage prolapse because the research isn't there. And that's the big thing with pelvic health. There just isn't enough research. Um, and we found that by holding women back, it's not changing their symptoms. It's not necessarily making them any worse either. It's definitely not making them any better. So we've got to a point now where we feel we can challenge um tissue in the sense of pelvic organ in the sense of abdominal tissue and we're learning and finding that actually women are reporting improved certainly from a symptomatic point of view improvement which is which is amazing mm-hmm. um, I love this this is the positive attitude that I was you know this is what kind of brought me to you really because it is that thing of when you first find out a lot of people will google and mm. uh, a lot of people will be told by health professionals Okay, so no running, yeah. no jumping, no lifting, and you just left with this, well, I'm feeling really unfit, I've just had a baby, mm. I'd love to get back into shape. How do I break a sweat without losing my insides? How, you know, how do we get people running yeah. again? You you have a, a running group, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Like how, how do we get these women back to moving? I think the most important thing is that in in my ideal world, every woman who's had a baby would have a a women's health postnatal check because then we can really establish where the tissue or what level of tissue damage there is and guide you independently and specifically as to how to rehabilitate. And that's the big thing. There is no uh, one size fits all for this approach. It's better to see um, a women's health physio who can give you some stronger, better guidance. And then we work out how we grade you back according to your symptoms and how your tissues respond so that 
it's a recipe for you. Ultimately, there is generally a recipe, I think, for for most women, not for every woman. I I don't necessarily think high impact is for everyone. I need to be clear with that. Um, But for most women, so long as we're being specific and retesting and re-evaluating, we can we can formulate a program that helps get you back to the exercise that suits you and that you like and is that something you've seen in the running group the people that come are they do some of them have pelvic floor dysfunction yeah the the running group's interesting so I set it up because I was finding that I was tending to refer or, or signpost girls back to running but almost losing them again and not knowing how they were getting on so sounds like I was trying to control my patients, didn't I? Um, but it was really to say to them, look, I'm still here. I can still give advice, um, not necessarily in clinic, but we can see how you're getting on. And I could also try and encourage them to do a graded response. So the way that my running club works is that I have a walking group, which is for women who just don't want to run, but want to get sociable and exercise with others. It's for also women who are injured, if you like, and not ready to run. Then we have a return to run group. So again, you're in a group, you're doing it together. Um, and they, I would refer those girls in once I felt they were ready to start a walk to run program. And then we have a group of runners, um, some who are slower and do shorter distances, some who are faster and, and, and asymptomatic and often who don't have symptoms at all. So it allows me to try and grade them back in what in, in the way I consider sensible but it also allows me to pick up women who haven't perhaps heard of women's health physiotherapy and say to them look I can't stop you running I can't stop you doing the sport you want to do but you should know that if you're feeling heaviness or dragging in your vagina or you're leaking urine or you have a really obvious uh, doming tummy then actually there's someone like me that can help grade you back to running in a way that hopefully will prevent further issues later on as well. So so I don't, I haven't seen all the girls in my running club for treatment. It's just a way of exposing them to women's health in a mm-hmm. slightly different way. And what's, I'm interested in like what the feedback has, has been like. So, so I'm thinking about from my experience, I've never been a massive runner, mm. but before kids, I, I did the odd 10K and I just, mm. I just used to like the fact that you could just go and you yeah. could just do it. And um, after my prolapse, I'll be honest, I kind of really resented mm. seeing other women mm. running because mm. I just, I was so sad that I, I felt like I would never do that again. And that if I ever did, it would be really irresponsible of me because everything would get so much worse mm. and it would be all my fault because I would have run when I wasn't supposed to. Right, and then okay. this past six months or so, I've been um, on a bit of a bit of a kind of journey, if you like, with um, a physio who I really rate yeah. and uh, a Pilates instructor who has really pushed me to do more than I was. I, I was really scared to, to do stuff. Yeah. And um, ha- and I have almost completed a couch to 5K training program. Amazing. Now, which, so that first run, I was really nervous to even step yeah. out of the door, but I, it was kind of, I can't remember what it was now, one minute of walking one minute of running or whatever it yeah, was it's not much is it but it was so exhilarating yeah so I'm imagining that some of the women that come to your group as well just to it's it's just the feeling that you can do that again I don't yeah. need to run a marathon but yeah. just to know that that is not a closed option anymore has mentally made all the difference yeah it does doesn't it I think for some of the girls they they will talk about their um, pelvic health issues um, as I say, some of them haven't got any, yeah. but 
that um, for those girls who are comfortable in talking about it, they've found it really empowering speaking to some of the girls who have got prolapse and seeing how well they're doing. And we've got some amazing runners who have got um, prolapse and they're some of the best runners we have there and seeing how well they've done and how well they've managed. And it's not been a a simple journey. It hasn't all been a linear um, progression for them, but they're they're inspiring and they give you the confidence or give them the confidence, but they also show that it can be done if you take it sensibly and I think for me a lot of women that I see when I say to them right we need to first of all help you find your core then we need to help you synchronize it then we need to rehabilitate it and then we need to build up strength and then we need to talk about running and for a lot of women that is a long lengthy process and that's quite overwhelming but if in the group they can see that others have done that and see that they're finally running then yeah. And that's 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 a powerful message. I think that's why the group works so well. But on the flip side, I have got girls who are adamant about running and they, they just are too symptomatic and possibly their connective tissue is just too lax, if you like, to cope with the impact. Um, and I have suggested, well, look, come to the walking group, try it. We have got some walkers in that group who are probably faster than some of our slower <laughs> runners. And my goodness... I think the feedback I get from the walkers is possibly the most interesting because they're a really strong group and they love walking. Um, and I'm, I, I, you know, I'm, I, I could easily be a walking convert um, because of how they um, talk about it mm-hmm. and and feel about it. So some girls haven't gone back to running and are delighted just to be walking. Yeah, with with their with it, their friends. It is just that thing of anything you can do to feel like, yeah, you're breaking a sweat and and getting mm. your body moving and feeling like you're not just confined to a dark corner yeah. of the room, never to move again, never yeah. to move again, yeah. like anything. And, and that's the big thing with prolapse because women are fearful of movement. Yeah, because you know the medical model um, and certain messages on social media are still saying, well, if you have a prolapse, never jump again, never do a sit up again you know that's it's 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 the wrong information um and that's where you perhaps need the guidance to find out if you can do that um but also we are we have a really bad habit of of saying that low impact is a bad thing low impact exercise you can still you know break a sweat you can still get an endorphin rush from it you just have to find that low impact exercise that that floats your boat yeah um and i i'm really keen on promoting more and more low impact exercise simply because it can be just as effective if not more so than 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 running for lots of lots Mm -hmm, of women mm -hmm. i sort of wonder if there's a a bit of a disconnect that could be improved between the physio world of people who understand Mm. the full anatomy and what's what's Mm. going on and then the fitness world Mm. of people who are delivering gym classes or whatever um, I had an experience where I, I was like, I really want to do something. I feel like I can't do this, that and the other, but I think I'm allowed to do mm. spinning. So I went to a spin class and, uh, you know, they ask you to let, let them know if you've got any problems, which I did. And uh, she did, she, she'd she never heard of a prolapse, mm. which is understandable on one level because before it happened to me, I had never heard mm. of it either. But as a fitness professional, it it just then it makes me feel like I'm not in safe hands, actually. I'm really, really nervous about making this thing worse. Yeah. And okay, fair enough, you've not heard of it, but I don't now feel safe yeah. Yeah. doing this. Yeah, we need to, to hugely bridge the gap. 
there is a disconnect. There are some fitness professionals who are certainly pre and postnatally trained. And within that training, they'll learn about pelvic floor dysfunction. And they're incredible, those trainers, because they get it. Um, but I really feel that that needs to be every fitness professional that has that 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 level of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And if not knowledge, at least the awareness to then signpost to the right fitness yeah. professional. Because every woman should be encouraged to exercise. It's essential for for our health. Um, and if, if if these things are becoming a barrier and stopping women exercise, then we need to do something about it. Let's talk about the running guidelines. So yeah. this is quite a recent thing, isn't mm-hmm. it? Um, return to running after babies yep. running instructions and mostly aimed at professionals is it or for, or yeah. for women as well yeah so it's main aimed at medical professionals and fitness professionals okay so what what drove you to get involved with that where's that come from um because there weren't any yeah and it's just <laughs> ridiculous that we aren't all singing from the same song sheet basically yeah um and that was really an attempt to bridge that gap between medical professionals yeah massive lorry just got past my house <laughs> uh, medical professionals healthcare professionals and fitness professionals and ensure that we're saying really the the same things to women with an evidence-based approach as well because it is it is that thing is so I guess we're talking slightly maybe not necessarily about women who have, have pelvic floor dysfunction but it's that idea that a six-week check you're ticked off off you go back to everything you were doing before yeah. how ridiculous yeah how can we have been through nine months of really rapid change uh, lots of weakness lots of lengthening of muscle lots of hormonal changes go through what what is probably the for most women uh, the most traumatic time of their life at that point um, childbirth and that can even be someone that's had a beautiful serene water birth and then we're expecting women to recover within six weeks having had no sleep not really ate that eaten that well and lifting a load um, that's all possibly a little bit too much for what our system's ready for anyway um, and then we tick you tick a box to say you're six weeks check is done and you can get back to absolutely anything you want I mean you just wouldn't do it in any other situation thinking about women who might be listening to this podcast who've only just entered the world of pelvic floor dysfunction maybe they've um going through the menopause and maybe they've recently had a baby incontinence prolapse whatever it is um and possibly in that dark kind of place where you you Mm. have been advised uh to basically never move again (laughs) what what would you say to those women who really do want to get back to moving and and find fitness again yeah um I would strongly encourage them to go to their GP and ask to see a women's health physiotherapist um that should be available for them on the NHS um but not always it does slightly depend on your in your on your location your geography um there is something called the squeezy directory where you can type in where you live and you'll find the local um, NHS and private physios as to around um, and try and tap into them if you can if you can't there are there are online uh, programs I guess that are helpful or positive um, I think the most positive one that I'm aware of is the pop-up lift I don't know mm-hmm. if you've heard yeah, of that I've come one. across that yeah um, and that's an online um, program designed by um, Hayley Shevner who is a fit pro in america who has a prolapse um and she's very much of 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 that um 
of, of, of that thinking of challenge the prolapse and and um, and and build your build your tolerance to what you can cope with in exercise her messages are really positive but she even you know she does encourage that you see a pelvic health physio at the same time so as to ensure that what you're doing is 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 safe and correct but I would say anyone with a prolapse who is fearful of movement you need to move, you can move, you possibly just need a little bit of guidance as to how to start it and um, how to make it work for you. Um, And for women who have incontinence, sometimes I have women who said to me, I have incontinence, it's not gonna stop my life, I'm just gonna carry on hill running and doing what, and if I leak, I leak and to hell with it. is, Is that a good idea? It's possibly not. Oh, it's a difficult one, isn't yeah. it? Because we've got the the one hand where we should be encouraging women to exercise. Yeah. It's so vital for for us nowadays to exercise. It might just not be the right sport for you at that time. If you're leaking urine, if you're having any issues with fecal incontinence, so you can't control your, your, your bowel movements, you have heaviness in your vagina, you have that doming of your tummy, you have pelvic or low back pain, really you shouldn't be running until you've seen someone that can help you manage those symptoms. Um, it's a sign your body is not coping with the the exercise you're putting it through. So you just need to strip it back. Yeah. And you need to find someone like myself who can say, right, okay, you can't run at the moment. However, that doesn't mean you can't do something. And that might be that rather than go out for your run, you go for a really powerful, fast walk up the hill, which is wonderful for your system and will help in adaptation as well you might be fine that spinning you don't leak so therefore you you spin um you can use the cross trainer there's so much you can do it's just finding someone that can help you find your intermediate type of exercise until perhaps you you retrain back to running yeah but i would encourage the oh well i'll just whack a pad in my leggings and doesn't matter I'll wear black leggings and no one will see that I've wet myself I wouldn't I wouldn't encourage you to maintain that approach I would stop the running and seek some help I guess for some people well for all of it really there's not always a full cure is it no. but I suppose if you go through the process with the right advice maybe I don't know maybe a little bit of leaking is just what it needs to be for you to get that balance in life maybe or yeah I think you're right there isn't always a cure yeah. for, for 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 pelvic floor dysfunction but you tend to find the women that haven't found a cure just haven't had any rehab um and you can certainly make things a lot better and maybe it's a case of mixing a walk with a run Mm. there are the reality is some people just probably shouldn't run Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. but there i i firmly believe you can find a new form of exercise that you can learn learn to love but it's not often that you're saying to someone that you can't run or or weight train you know there's often a solution you just have to work with someone to find Mm -hmm. it what do we do about the messaging around this about the fact that when you do find out that you've got some sort of pelvic floor dysfunction the official medical advice is don't run don't jump don't do high impact don't lift it just it just makes me really cross it just seems like completely the wrong idea i mean why is it like that what do we do about it it's like that i think because we don't have the answers because we don't have the research i mentioned it earlier that we really are lacking in research in pelvic health and anything like the nice guidelines which is 
how the NHS runs. Um, it always ba- bases their um, services on. Um, it's based around the NICE guidelines, and to have to make it into the NICE guidelines, it's got to be really strong, amazing evidence. But we haven't got that, so therefore, a lot of what we know can't get into the NICE guidelines. Um, so what we really need to do is say, at the moment, if you are symptomatic with pelvic floor issues, don't do high impact. Probably don't do really heavy weightlifting, or not yet. It doesn't mean rule it out forever. And that's the message that needs to change. There is a chance that you will get back to those things, but you have to rehabilitate first. And perhaps we need to find a way of slotting in that word rehabilitation. Mm -hmm. So we say, until we have resolved your symptoms or helped you resolve your symptoms or manage your symptoms better, we rehabilitate you and then help you return to the sport that that you love. But the, the never again should go. Like you would with any other injury, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. I don't I mean, know why this sounds just, different. I know. It, it shouldn't be. Mm. And if you had just had your ACL um, in your knee, your ligament done in your knee, the first thing it would say is don't run until you've seen a physiotherapist yeah. and until you've rehabilitated. But we have so much evidence and research around how to manage an ACL that the NHS is comfortable in putting that in the NICE guidelines and then the clinicians are comfortable in letting that message um come across but with um postnatal issues and pelvic floor issues we don't have that so we just say don't but it's completely and utterly unrealistic and unhelpful well luckily we have people like you trying to get out (laughs) a good strong positive message um and and there is there's loads of us getting that message out there and and pelvic roar is part of it right so you you are part of amazing name by the way love it can't take that Elaine Miller Miller came up with that so this I guess this is another place where people could maybe look for inspiration absolutely so if you're a man or woman with any any form of pelvic health issues uh we do lots of campaigns um we try and signpost you to the the safe and helpful experts um be it patient expert or or health care professional um and we try and normalize pelvic floor dysfunction and encourage other people to talk about it and also educate you um, because there's a lot of scaremongering out there when you google prolapse you'll see a massive grade four prolapse you you know it's oh, yeah. it's 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 quite frightening what you can see on on google um, and the stories you can read as well so we're trying to use it as a way of reassuring um, signposting and educating men and women that, that there are there is hope because there is hope you know um, and that's that's the most important message to come across, to get across. <laughs> there is hope I know we're dealing with different issues every one of us and there's no one size fits all solution but let's push for more help and push for more research and start talking about this more because pelvic floor dysfunction shouldn't mean the end of movement i'll put links to emma brockwell's website and all the things we talked about in the show notes if you want to follow her on instagram and i really recommend you do because she's got some really helpful content on there she is at physiomum uk you might also be interested to know that she's currently working on a book which will bust some myths around pregnancy and the postnatal journey so watch out for that This podcast is not intended as medical advice, so please do 
look for your own professional help, seek some support, but get involved, subscribe, tell me what you think and spread the word. Tell a friend, spam a WhatsApp group, share it on Instagram. Let's end the stigma. You've been listening to Why Mums Don't Jump with me, Helen Ledwick. You can find me on Instagram at whymumsdontjump or online at whymumsdontjump.com. Bye for now.